From the studios of WFAN, this is Mike Zahn, Francesca on the fan on this Monday, the 23rd day of October. If you're a Yankee fan, a tough day. If you're a Giant fan, a tough day. Jet fan, a tough day. Met fan, eh, we'll see. All right, it is a busy day. Matter of fact, I don't even know if we can get it all in by the time we have to say goodbye. I might have to stay till tomorrow. I mean, because it is that much going on right now. Uh, Met press conference at 4. We'll be there with that. 5 o'clock, Eli. You don't want to miss that. And we begin, of course, with the top of what happened uh, in Houston. And we talked about it on Friday. It couldn't. It should not have come at any, as any surprise that if the Yankees did not continue their momentum on in Game 6, and on this show you've heard a thousand times, maybe a million times, that momentum is the next day's starting pitcher, and it was there in the presence of a guy who, to me, established himself as clearly one of the generation's great pitchers with his performance in this series, and that's Verlander, who was the difference in this series in a very big way. I I understand uh, Houston had to camouflage their weakness in their pen, and they stayed completely away from their pen with two curveball pitches uh, as starters in in Game 7. But it is very, very hard, historically very hard, to break through for the first time in a series in game number seven. When it has stayed six games that way, it is very tough. If you're going to win the middle three games, you usually are going to win game six. If you don't, it is very hard to win game seven on the other turf. These were two very different series. When the Yankees were in Houston, it was one series. When Houston was in New York, it was another series. One thing where we saw the Yankee youth really really show its flaws was its inability to play well on the road in big spots this year. And that came through in the playoffs loud and clear where they don't lose a playoff game at home. And they have a very big struggle, except for the game five in Cleveland, a very big struggle on the road. Give Houston credit for executing. I mean, 28 straight curveballs from McCullers is about, you know, that that was one of the more uh, strange performances. I mean, Morton, I would have started McCullers. I said it all day on Friday. Um, but Morton was great. Pitched the game of his life. That's what you need in the postseason. You need guys to step up and make the plays. CC gave you all he had. The Yankees clearly were limited in the pen in game seven. And they did just enough offensively to get through the series. Houston did. A lot of guys didn't hit, but they got through it. And they go on to play the Dodgers. For the Yankees, when you get up three games to two, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. And I I know it got to a point where everybody, no one more than at this station, because of the economic and, you know, things that impact it when you are the flagship. But once you get up 3-2, you start making World Series plans in every way. You have to because you have to get things done on Monday very quickly if they win. So you have to. And then it's always tough when you have to tear those down. So it got to that point, and it reached that level of disappointment. But when you step back for a couple of days, when you step back, it will quickly become that this year was the forerunner, that this year was the harbinger of things to come for this franchise, that they can build on this, they will build on this, 
First thing they have to do is put the architects back in place, which means Cashman, which I don't think will be any issue. Girardi, let's see if it's an issue. There's something going on there. I don't know what it is, but let's see if it manifests itself. There's something a little different there. I, I don't I, I don't have my finger on it, but it just seems to be. But let's see if that does become an issue. And then the Yankees have to go about just getting a little better and a little stronger in a couple of areas. The kids are still going to be prominent. They have more coming. They have them coming in the infield. They have them coming in in the pitching staff. So there's so much optimism, so many good things for them to build on, and they will. And this was a special, special year, an unexpected, delightful run in October. You would have liked it to go seven more games. It went 13. You would have liked it to go 20. You know what? It was it was a, a terrific run. It was a lot of fun. It took us deep into October in a year where the football is going to be very, very lean in this town, to say the least. So from that standpoint, was it tough? Yeah. I think anybody being reasonable knew after Verlander was able to give you that performance that Game 7 was going to be a very difficult game to win. And it turned out to be as the Yankees just didn't do anything offensively. And the one thing they did, which give Hinch credit for, which he finally figured out after a, a shaky series, was stay the heck away from his pen because his pen just isn't any good. And, I mean, he showed you that. And if you're looking towards the World Series, the one thing that's going to bother you, two things. Dodgers have the extra game, which has proved critical in these postseasons. And... They have the better pen. I mean, that's that's it. Otherwise, they have a better lineup in Houston. They can match aces. I don't know that Kershaw can even approach what Verlander's done. Verlander might prove to be the difference. This might be the year. You know, you're talking about this for years to come. This might be the year of Verlander. Maybe that's going to carry into the World Series, and it's going to be you know you, the way you talked about Earl Hershiser. You talk about Verlander that way. Who knows? It could be that way. He could have that kind of postseason. He's on his way there. Kershaw gets a chance to prove what he can do here. Dodgers have only lost one game in the postseason, but that's for tomorrow as we'll get into the World Series. Today's about the Yankees and looking forward and looking back. Disappointing, yes, but again, after a couple of days of disappointment, you're going to look at it as nothing but promising and nothing but really special. A great run and a young team, clearly a year ahead of schedule, that went on and really had a, a terrific, terrific run. I know you wanted to go to, to play the Dodgers, so everyone did. We all did. But it still was a wonderful run that ended in Game 7 and things they can take from it and learn from it, and I think that will begin immediately for the Yankees. For the Mets, while the Yankees look to the future now after a terrific October, the Mets have been looking to the future since June. And now the future begins for them today where they surprised some people because it started to act like last Friday, like Kevin Long was somehow a heavy favorite. Callaway's name was there. Francona had, as we had talked about with Eddie C the other day, Francona had gone out and really, you know, thumped and pounded the table for his pitching coach to get the job. He, he pushed very hard for him. I gather he interviewed very well, gave the Mets a plan, especially for the pitching that they liked. 
So Mickey Calloway becomes the manager of the Mets as we move into a new era, hopefully for the Mets here, uh, after what was as disappointing a year as you could possibly have, and at a time which is a very, very important time for the Mets, not only in where they are with their contracts and where they are with their current players and where they are in their careers, but also because the Yankees just stormed the town again. And the Mets, if they miss a moment here and don't get right back on the horse, they will have a ghost town at City Field compared to what the Yankees will have rocking at Yankee Stadium. And the Mets have to be cognizant of that. If they're not, and sometimes they're not, but if they're not, they're going to get a rude awakening. They've already gotten one. They're going to get they're going to get one this year when they see where the season tickets go. The guy who goes one way or the other way is all going to go to the Bronx after what went on this year, and that's something the Mets have to deal with and see if they can get some optimism, and we'll hear that press conference at 4 today. So the Mets begin their future today, get the announcement in before the World Series, which begins tomorrow night. The Mets are well within the bounds of doing that today, and they will as they will announce the Cleveland pitching coach, Mickey Calloway, as their new manager at 4 o'clock. Then we get to the the locals. And it was a bad day for New York football, but what it was was a cold reminder that if you had any fleeting optimism about the Giants, you can forget it. Anything you saw that you thought you could build on, you can forget it after what you saw yesterday. They couldn't run the ball against a team that has been run on. They had nothing in the way of offense, nothing in the way of weapons. They don't, other than their tight end, they don't even have weapons on offense right now uh, in the passing game. Uh, they're banged up again more even on the offensive line, and their defense didn't play badly. Yes, they just got tired. It just got worn down. It was on the field so long, it just got worn down. It played well enough, and then it gave up some big plays late to a team that can make some big plays. And let's be honest, they just outclassed yesterday. They're not as good as Seattle. That's the best way to put it. They're just not as good. Seattle's got better football players. And it showed over a period of time. So if you had anything you were looking as the Giants go into their bye week, if you had anything that you were looking to try and build on, you can forget it. And one and six, that was a cold slap. And that was a coach at the podium who I thought just didn't have a whole lot of answers. Doesn't look like he's running away from anything, but he doesn't look like he has a whole lot of answers right now either. He better find something. And it's right there in front of him. It's a big-time challenge. Coaches get faced with big-time challenges all the time. And the Giants are a symbolic, to me, a symbolic of where that league is this year. NFL's going through a rough time, which I'll get to later. They, rougher than I ever thought I'd see, which I'll get to on a lot of levels. I mean, from the fact that when you realize two of their handful of best players are on the shelf and Rodgers and Luck to everything else that's going on around them, empty seats, ratings down. I mean, Jerry Jones making what was a prophetic statement about, hey, we're hurting. You know what? He's right. They are. They better hear the call. They are. And nowhere is it any more obvious than with the look of the Giants this year. And then to the Jets. And I saw Todd Bowles stand up there yesterday and talk about how his team doesn't know how to close. The understatement of the year. And the Jets, right, for the first time, gave you a loss or a performance that left you angry because it was just 
It was just dumb and dumber. That's what it was. And then at the end, selfish. With the action by a wide receiver who isn't good enough to act like that. At least not on my team. You know, you can tolerate it, and you have to tolerate it sometimes from talent, as we've learned around here. But you don't have to tolerate it from a play like that. And he's not good enough to act like that. Dak, that's selfish. And that's self-consumed. But that wasn't the issue. The issue was the Jets, forget all the penalties and the collapse and everything else which you can get to. They don't know how to close. We're surprised they're even in a competitive game. So again, they again showed you a really strong performance. Actually, they got hurt that Cutler left because Cutler was screwing it up so bad that it would have been better if he didn't if he had stayed. It was a bad thing that he broke his ribs because more hurt them. But the biggest thing is, <clears throat> and this is for Bowles, and this is for Morton, and this is for McCown. Know who you are. The thing you have to do more in sports than anything is understand who you are and who you're not. And who the Jets are and is they are not someone who can pass when they know, when everybody in the building, the guy in the last row knows you need to pass. That you have to pass. That you have to move the ball through the air. The Jets aren't good enough to move the ball through the air when they know they're going to try and move the ball through the air. Jets have to fool you. They have to have options. Then they can make explosive plays. For them not to cautiously take that game in the way it had gone into overtime and to come out in their own end and play that way was insane. They have no chance of getting up that field unless it's a penalty against the defense they're going to see. No chance. And here you have a Dolphin team, which if they know how to do one thing, they know how to close. They've won more games where they've played lousy in the last two years than any team in the league. It's something that goes on with that coach. You know, that coach in close games has been unbelievably good. And they've stolen games. The week before, they were down 17-0 in Atlanta. They won the game. They've stolen games. And now they stole another one. And that's the perfect example of run the draw, throw the screen. If you break it, maybe then you think opening it up. But to come out and throw that pass when everybody in a building... <laughs> You were gonna, it was handing him a game. The Jets had been a very upbeat story. They'd been really, they'd surprised everybody. They surprised everybody. And even the last two weeks, who thought they'd have 14-point leads in these games? Either on the road at Miami or against New England. But then they've acted like there's somebody they're not in both games before they half against New England here in this game and thrown the games away. And they literally threw this game away. There was no way for them to throw that pass. No way, no where, no how, nothing was there. It was a gift 
from the gods to Miami. Know who you are. Understand how you have to play. That's the first thing about getting through games. That And they've done some very positive things. And they're trying hard. And I saw some really aggressive, positive things from them. I already think these celebrations have gotten stupid. Okay, I'll get to that later. I mean, you know, stay out of stands. But you got to know who you are. And for a minute there, the Jets forgot, and they gave a game to the Dolphins. So from that standpoint, from the NFL standpoint, it was an ugly Sunday, especially the New York version. And for the baseball teams, well, time to look to the future. A future that began uh, on a Saturday night when the Yankees couldn't hit a curveball. Or the Met future, which began, I guess, around opening day this year. I mean, that's when things started going bad. So their futures, they moved their futures forward today. And we'll get to all this stuff right after the Mink Man. 